Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Life After Borneo. I'm Lauren Ashley Beck, and joining us today is a Survivor super fan turned castaway, JD Robinson. JD, how's it going, dude? It's going amazing. Super happy to meet you, the queen, the fallen queen. Um, yeah, that. and I'm, I'm just excited to get to talk once again, these little moments of fame for myself. Yes. Yes. Well, they're big moments of fame for a guy like you, JD. Okay. Right. You definitely right. made an impression on all of us. Yes. Positive or negative. I made an impression. So <laughs> I would say positive. So I definitely want to talk about your time on the Island. And I know our audience wants to know a lot about what happens when you get voted off of the Island. Right. So now that there's been a little bit of space in time in between your season finale airing, how are you feeling about your survivor experience as a whole? Oof, as a whole, you know, like I'm just so glad that I got to be a part of Survivor because it's been, it means the world to me. Like, I know people got annoyed with how much I talked about, how much I loved it, but like, it, it's so important to me, the game of Survivor. And so I'm happy that I got to go. However, how I performed was not how I had dreamed for so long that I would perform. So that it was it was disappointing to like be pre-merge. It was disappointing to have played kind of a really sloppy, atrocious game and like be on the bottom for so long and then get voted out and and have so many mistakes for people to see on live television, which was which was really hard. And then obviously the backlash after everything was was not hard either. But you know, I'm I'm just happy that I got to go. So yeah. 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 You know, I feel like as a super fan, JD, there's a lot of expectations that we put on ourselves to play. So right. can you sort of speak to what the expectation was for you going out there and then what you feel like was essentially the biggest letdown of not proceeding in the game? Um. So as a super fan, like, like I said on the show, uh, my parents watched the show before I was born. So I've basically been watching this show my entire life. So I remember like drawing pictures about me and like Ozzy, you know, in like first grade. And then like I had wanted to be this player that was just a star. Like I wanted to be like Malcolm, you know what I mean? Like everybody dreams of playing like like Tony or or even playing as good a social game as you did. Like I wanted to be that player. And and above that, like survivor meant so much to me and the players meant so much to me i wanted to be that for a kid watching as well and so the biggest letdown was was definitely going out there and not being particularly liked by my tribe and and kind of just being on the bottom and not knowing what to do and then like making mistake after mistake after mistake like even in the game like in my confessionals i was like i'm playing an awful game i just want to get to that post merge so i can really like just open up and show people that I'm good at this game, but it never came. I never got there. And so that's definitely the biggest letdown for, for me, but like, I, I love survivor. The people who are on my tribe, they played great games, especially Shannon and Ricard. And so it, it is what it is. I, I just hope that maybe just maybe there's some slim chance that I'll have another opportunity to prove myself. So that's how I feel. Yeah. I definitely think we'd be better for it. I have to admit, JD, watching you, it reminded me of watching myself play because I, I see that super fan in you and it's true. And I want you to know you are that for other little girls and boys that look up to you and see the super fan. The main thing is JD, you got on the show 
And that right. is a huge, Crazy. huge accomplishment. Yeah. Right. So be proud of yourself. I know it's easy to beat ourselves up and be yeah. who you wanted to be. Cause I honestly, everything that you say, JD really resonates with me as well. Like you want to be the survivor legend. You want to be yeah. a staple. Um, so I know what that feels like. I'm right there with you. Um, is there anything that would surprise the viewers to know that happened on the summit with you and Xander and Danny? Oh, that's a, that's an awesome question because, uh, they didn't really show any of the strategy that went on. I actually feel like Danny was a bit quieter on the trek. Not like, cause Danny's not a quiet guy, but I feel like me and Xander did a lot of the talking and we just like broed out. We were like, Oh, you run cross country. I run cross country. You ran track. I ran track. You're a bro. I'm a bro. It was very like, like that. And one big thing that happened was we all told each other, Hey, name two people who, if we come a swap, if we get on the same Island with them, who do you want us to protect? Danny named uh, Deshaun and Sydney. Xander named Evie and Voce, and I named Shannon Brad at the time. And so I, after coming back from the trek, and I told my lie to the entire tribe, and apparently nobody believed it at all, I had pulled Shan and Brad to the side, and I was like, hey, I told Xander and I told Danny that if there's a swap, I want you guys to be protected, like you guys were with me. And so I thought that I was creating options for Brad and Shan, which would give them incentive to keep me in the game. Um, that didn't quite go as planned, but that was my initial thought process when that happened. So yeah, we did a lot of strategy on the trek. Xander and I said something about a 20 club, like we wanted all the young people to like just dominate because we had talked about how young people typically don't do very well in the game of Survivor. Um, so that was a big thing. And I did come back and tell Sarah, I was like, hey, me and Xander talk, like, let's get all the young people. But unfortunately, Sarah went. And when I was like using the bathroom or something, she told everybody that I just wanted to play with young people. So there's just, I was just getting destroyed at the beginning. And I wish you could have seen how like up against, back up against the wall I was because me surviving that first vote was a miracle. It was crazy. Did you find out while you were out there that Sarah had told everyone that you said you wanted to do a 20s club? I did not. I didn't find out until Ponderosa. And I was talking to Sarah and Brad. And because actually, after I had got back from the trek and I pulled Shan and Brad to the side, um, Brad was talking to me and he was like, are you sure you're not leaving me for Xander? And I was like, where is this coming from? Like, I was like, I'm on the same tribe as you, bro. Like, we literally met one time. I've been on this island with you for three days. Like, I'm not leaving you for Xander. And I didn't know where that came from. And then I got to Ponderosa and I was like sitting with Brad and Sarah and they were like, yeah, Sarah told everybody that you just wanted to play with young people. And that's why Brad was a little scared of me. So. Oh my gosh. It all comes out in the end, doesn't it? Everything yeah. comes to life. I was like, oh, so, yeah. wow. such a hard game. Yeah. Such a hard game. So in talking about the 20s club, do you feel like being young affected the way that you played Survivor, JD? You know, I don't because a lot of people think that I see all the time like, oh, this player can't do well because they're too young. This player can't do this because they're too young. But like I thought I would be good at Survivor because I've just had so much life experience moving around and being a military kid and being super involved in school and, and all that type of stuff. 
And so I thought that was going to be an advantage. I thought if people see me as this kid, they're just going to want to drag me along, which was the case for a little bit. But then you have to look at examples. Like you look at Xander, absolutely dominated the season. Like he was incredible. You look at Liana who played incredibly. I think she just fumbled a little at the merge, but had she not done that, Liana could be our winner of Survivor 41. She played an amazing game and they're the same age as me. Yeah, I'm like a couple months younger than them, but they played amazing despite their age. And I think what Survivor shows is that it's an equal opportunity destroyer. Anyone can win. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, gay, straight, you know, man, male or female, anybody can win. And, and it goes the same for age. Any age can win, I think. That's, that's how I feel about like when people are like, oh, do you think, you know, your age came into play? Yeah, I like that answer, JD, because I think a lot of people will try to excuse it away or blame it on, oh, he's young, he did this, he did that. So um, I really like hearing your take on that. That is that is interesting. And it's true. Xander and Liana are both young as well. Moving over to the advantage. What was going through your mind when Shan saw the advantage in your shorts? (laughs) It was so bad, man. It was so bad. It was just like fan of Survivor. And that was a Drew Christie moment, as like my family would call it. Like a moment that's just like, what is this person doing? Like, you just look like a buffoon. And so I remember coming up from the beach and I had my shirt open. I either had my shirt open or I just wasn't wearing a shirt. All I had on was my underwear and my extra boat was just sticking out. Like I was just not being aware. I was just being an idiot. And so I just come up, I make, I crack some dumb joke and then like everybody laughs, but then Shan looks at me and she's like, what's this? And she, she literally reaches like in my underwear. Like I was like, this chick really just, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh crap. And I was, I was trying to think of a lie so quick. Like I was going to be like toilet paper or uh, I found this piece of parchment. Like I, there was nothing that I could have come up with at that moment. And so I was just like, "Uh oh, and I was like, let's go to to the well and so logistically jd because i want listen as someone who played survivor i know that when you go to confessionals you show off your advantages was there an instance where you may or may not have been at a confessional and you just came back from the confessional and that's why it was in your shorts like that not quite i was going to do a confessional and I unburied my advantage from the beach, used the bathroom, but I didn't have any clothes on, right? And so I think during that time where I got my advantage, Brad was doing a confessional. It was either Brad, it, it was Brad, I think. Yeah, because Jeannie was tending to the fire and Shan and Ricard were also up at our little tribe place. Um, and so I remember one of the producers, really sweetly was like, you need to go, you need to go. We're doing confessionals down here. And I was like, can I put on my clothes first? And I think if I would have put on my clothes, it would have covered everything. But she was like, she was like, no, just go. You can put it on up there. And I was like, okay, wasn't paying attention. I had, and I had ample opportunity to like look down and see, I just wasn't focused on that. And so I just had my clothes in my hand. Like you can even see the confessional. I still have my clothes in my hand while I'm walking up there. And then the rest is history, buffoonery unfortunately. 
walk us through what was going through your mind when you gave Shan the extra vote? Because a lot of us saw it as a move, as like a gesture of good faith. Like, let me give right. you this vote. But right. what exactly was going through your mind when you were like, I'm going to give this to her? So the first time, if you rewatch it, um, Shan is not the one who's like, you need to give me your extra vote. The first time I'm like, I'm willing to give you my extra vote. Like, please, people, go back and rewatch that because everybody says that Shan tricked me into doing it the first time. She did trick me the second time. She got me. But the first time I was like, I was like, I'm willing to just give you my extra vote right now to like, so you have more faith in me. So initially what I wanted to do, use my extra vote, not use it, but I didn't want to use my extra vote. I wanted to vote out Ricard with Brad and Jeannie, right? But Brad and Jeannie wanted to go after me. Still not 100% sure why Brad wanted to go after me at that time after I saved him at the first tribal council. But they wanted me. And I didn't, I didn't really actually want to work with Shan and Ricard. But I knew Shan was the most powerful person in the game. And I also knew that Brad and Jeannie did not want to work with me. Plus, I had sullied my relationship with basically everybody on the tribe because of my extra vote. And so... I told Shan, I was like, to show that I am 100% with you, I'm willing to give you my extra vote right now, just to buy trust, just to get me like one more day, because I really thought that we were going to swap, uh, but we didn't. And so I gave her my extra vote and thinking that she was going to be like, this guy is with me 100%. Like I even have his power in my hands right now. And it did work the first time because I didn't go home. And then I ended up getting my extra vote back. And so that was my line of thinking was to just buy trust at that time. Because I didn't have a lot. Nobody trusted me. And so, and rightfully so, because I got caught with the extra vote in my pants. So. Did you, did you feel that out there though, JD? Because it seems like you and Shan were building a genuine relationship. So right. did you not feel like you had allies out there? I didn't feel like I had a true ally. Like I felt like there's people who were like, oh, I can work with him like for now, right? Because that was definitely what was happening. People didn't want an actual alliance with JD. They just needed JD's vote for a little bit. Because um, as you see on the show, Brad and Jeannie, buy one, get one half off, right? Like it, no matter the circumstance, even if it's detrimental to Jeannie's game, she's voting with Brad. Um, and then, I had not seen it at first that Ricard and Shan were so close until I realized Shan saved Ricard at that first vote as well. When they were on the beach and stuff, it wasn't like Shan and Ricard all the time, Shan and Ricard all the time. Their alliance wasn't obvious. It wasn't obvious to first. Cause I remember Sarah saying, telling me before she got voted out, literally the last time me and Sarah talked, um, she was like, Shan and Ricard are close and you're not seeing it. She told me that. And I was like, nah, you're tricking me right now, girl. Um, but I, I didn't see it. I don't think Brad initially saw it. And I don't think Jeannie saw it either. I think Sarah was the only one to see that. And that's why Sarah goes home, I think, is because Shan realizes that Sarah can see what's happening in the game. Sarah is so underrated, by the way. Sarah is such a good player. And it's really unfortunate how the chips fell. Wish she would have worked with me and then this wouldn't happen, but she wanted me out too. So yeah, but um, 
I did not see the Shannon Ricard thing until after we had come back from that first tribal and they just, they were like this. And I was like, oh crap, two pairs and neither of them want to work with me. It was bad. It was bad. So looking at your tribe as a whole, who did you feel was the biggest threat and why? Shan was by far the biggest threat. It wasn't even close. Um, also, during that conversation I had with Sarah before she had gotten voted out, where she told me that Shan and Ricard were close, we were like, who are the two most powerful people in the game? We knew that Shan was the most powerful. Like, I know a lot of people think that we did not know that Shan was playing a really good game. Me and Sarah knew that. Like, we talked about it on the beach. Um, she was like, Sarah, Sarah said that Shan was the most powerful person in the game. And the second most powerful person at that time was Brad. Because everybody wanted to work with Brad until Brad told Shan and Sarah that they were going home to their faces. He was in the, he was in a perfect position. He was in that, because I, I, Brad was my number one. Jeannie wanted to work with Brad. Shan at the time wanted to work with Brad. And Sarah also liked Brad a lot. And so I think Ricard and Brad were kind of button heads a little bit, but we knew, we knew that Shan was the most powerful person on the tribe. And that's why I wanted to get close with Shan because I saw she had the most sway. Yeah. By far. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear that Brad had the most ties. That's wild. And as you were talking, it reminded me that when I interviewed Shan and Liana, Shan let me in on a little behind the scenes Island tea she said you and Ricard were always butting heads. Can we talk also about true. that? Also true. Also Why? true. Why? That's because um, I felt like you guys, it's, it appeared that you and Ricard got along pretty well. I wish they would have showed you. After that first tribal council, we were screaming at each other. We were yelling at each other. I got all of the blame for Sarah going home. I got all of it. And I'll, I'll get to that after I talk about this Ricard relationship. Um, but on the first day, you know, I think the first person who I talked to on the first day was Brad because Shan and Ricard and Sarah, they went off together to go do whatever. Jeannie bolted and went looking for the idol day one. And me and Brad are the only ones working on the shelter. And so I thought we were going to have a really Rudy and Hatch kind of relationship. That's like, Oh, I don't think people would see this coming. Like the bro and then the good old boy going together. And so me and Brad got along really well at the beginning of the game. Um, gosh, I forgot where I was even going with this. What was the initial question? The initial one, it was just you and Ricard butting heads. I think you were going to tell me yes, a story that, about that. So, like I said, I talked to Brad on the first day, talked to Sarah a lot, talked to Shan a ton, right? And then talked to Jeannie at night. Ricard said like three words to me that first day. Yep. He, he said, not a lot to me and so I was like this guy is not wanting to work with me and the next day he was like oh I really wanted to talk to you I just didn't have the time and I was like I was like okay okay and so Ricard that I learned that Ricard had been throwing my name out like the most out of everybody like he wanted me gone the most um, but Brad wanted Ricard gone which was good for me and so did I um, the linchpin between me and Ricard was really Shan it got to the point where Shan was just so good at what she was doing that Ricard wanted to work with her and so did I. And so 
I thought I was her number one for a little bit, but then realized I was like, there's no way I'm the chick's number one. Um, and Ricard thought that Shan was his number one, which he was right. So, yeah. When you were on your way to that final tribal, was there a thought in your mind like, okay, Shan could be pulling the wool over my eyes. She's Heck humming yeah. around the beach. Say that again. Yes. 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 100%. It, 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 so, so was there ever a moment at tribal where you were like, I need to shake this up and make this a live tribal to try to make sure my name's not on the block? Yeah, it, there, there was. And so I've talked about this in like other interviews where um, when Shan asked me for my extra vote initially, I was like, are you trying to Black Widow me? I literally asked her that question and she was really offended. And I was like, okay. Okay, I was like, are you trying to poverty shallow me right now? Like trying to get my extra vote and then vote me out? Because I was like, I'd do it. It's pretty smart, you know? Um, and then I actually didn't initially give her that extra vote. So we talked about it and I was like, mm, I'll give it to you, but I didn't actually give it to her. And then we talked with Jeannie about like some strategy, like, oh, a fake, what if we vote out Ricard, you know? Um, and then she was like, so you're not gonna give it to me? And I was like, I will give it to you. And if you rewatch it, you can see that it's two different scenes. There's one scene where we're sitting on a log and we're talking about the extra vote. And then there's another one where we're sitting near the boat and we're talking about the extra vote. And so that's why I didn't initially give it to her because I was like, this chick really could be playing me right now. And I, she got me, man, hook, line, and sinker. So. What was it that Shan said to you, JD? Because I feel like you're such a student of the game that you know that every man is for themselves. So what right. was it exactly that Shan said to you that you were like, okay, I can give this to her in good faith and she is not going to cross me? It wasn't necessarily like, like, I trust you so much. Like, this is what I can do with you. Like, I will give you my extra vote because you want me in this game. It was definitely not that. It was more so, like, you can even see the hesitancy like, please go watch and just see like the confusion on my face. Like, like, I'm like, what do I do here? It was because I felt backed into a corner. So before me and Shan talked, I talked to Jeannie. And I don't know why, but Jeannie will say that I did not want to use my extra vote to vote out Ricard, but I did. And I thought it was going to be so brilliant, but she gave me that, oh, JD, I don't, I don't know, JD. Like, and she had given that to me before when her and Brad were going to vote me out. And I was like, I know this means that she's not actually with me. And so Sh Shan comes and talks to me. And she's like, I would like your extra vote because I feel like you and Jeannie are going to vote out me or Ricard. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, crap. Jeannie told Shan my plan. And so I'm like, I can't, there's nothing else I can do but try to buy this trust one more time and give this extra vote to her. And I was like, that's my only play. And it really was. I think the only other play that I could have had was if I just drew a line in the sand and said, I'm against you, Shan. 100% I'm against you and Ricard. Kept my extra vote, went to tribal council and just tried to blow the whole thing up and just try to somehow make it so that way I could survive one more day. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because right, you, right. you're right. Because that would you would have had to say, I'm not with you, Shannon Ricard. And that's risky if you thought that there was gonna be a swap. Right. Interesting. I like all this behind. Yeah, and, and and I just it was 
it really was a damned if you do, damned if you don't. And that's because I was playing a poor game. I had put myself slowly but surely into this hole that I was just like, there's no way out, you know, unless I won, unless I was Xander and I just won out. Because he did the same thing. He was on the bottom of Yasa, but he, he won. So he didn't have to go to tribal. I was on the bottom of Ua and kept losing. And so it was just tough. I was just like, there's, there's no possible scenario that I, I could escape that except for maybe blowing up tribal with my extra vote. But even then, I could have still gone home. Yeah. Yeah. How did your fellow castmates feel about you quoting Wu on the island? Oh, I mean, now I don't know. They seem to like it out on the show, but me rewatching, me rewatching uh, the show back, it seemed as though nobody really liked me at all. So I have no idea. I don't know. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. Like, woo island like quoting all my favorite survivor players while i was playing survivor i was like let me pay homage to this person who means the world to me let me show woo like how much i paid attention to him so yeah. it was i liked it so that's all that matters to me that's great what was your favorite thing about playing survivor jd favorite thing i know people are probably going to make fun of like my challenge performance but like, I really enjoyed the challenges. I don't think I was as bad as people made it out to be. Like, I know the money shot is bad, but I was the only one who was landing rings on my tribe. And uh, the sandbags, I will never be able to escape that, you know? I'll just have to practice, you know? My finger roll is, is lackluster, so. Um, but I loved the challenges. They were a lot harder than I expected to, a lot harder. But I loved like, because I love competition. Like I, I was an athlete. So like, I, I just love fighting for like first place. Unfortunately, we didn't get first place. We got first place once at that reward challenge with the, where you had to do the Michaela, throw the ball on the thing. Um, but other than that, we just lost. And so, but I did enjoy the challenges and then getting an advantage, just being on the Island, like just touching the sand and like, bolting through the jungle like looking for the idol was terrible it was so hard I didn't find it but it was hard to like look for but I was just like I'm looking for an idol on survivor right now like even in my confessionals I'm like I love this like I haven't found it but I love it you know and so just everything tribal council amazing like Jeff is amazing every time I smoke kerosene it takes me back and so like you know how it is so I do. I do. I, I just, I just loved every second. Even when I was playing bad, I had a confessional where I was like, at my lowest low, I'm riding high because I'm playing Survivor. And so it was just amazing. I just loved it. I love that for you, JD. Oh, I was going to ask you on the flip side, what's the worst thing about playing Survivor? But it sounds like you love the experience through and through unless you have something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing is like playing the game and, and, and knowing that you're playing poorly. Like Jeff even asked me, he was like, JD, how do you think you're doing right now in the game? And I was like, I'm doing terribly. Like, I was like, I'm doing awfully. I'm not performing as well as I want to in challenges. My social game is not up to par and I'm making bad decisions. So I can't say my strategic game is good. Um, and I was just like, I was on the bottom and we were losing. There's nothing worse than being on the bottom of a losing tribe. There is no, there is no worse feeling. Like if you're on the bottom of Luvu, power to you like Erica was on the bottom of Luvu and she won the game like 
But like when you're on a tribe and nobody wants to play with you and you're losing at challenges, you're just like, what am I doing here right now? You know what I mean? And I couldn't find the idol. And I was, and I was getting caught with my extra vote in my pants. So it wasn't just that I was playing bad. It was things weren't going my way and I was playing bad. And so it was just, everything looked atrocious. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I loved it. <laughs> it's Survivor. It's Survivor. Well, that's how you know you're such a super fan. Like you can talk about it in a way where you're like, even on my lowest of lows, I was still playing Survivor. And that's amazing that you can look at it like that. When you watch season 41 back, what was that experience like for you, JD? So I thought I couldn't watch it back. And I did not really know what my portrayal was. I, I wasn't sure if they were going to go with like, oh, the dumb surfer, bro, which they did go for. Or if they were going to go for like me and just wanting to be this role model for kids. I didn't know if they were going to go with that. And so I actually liked my portrayal I wish it would have shown a little more of my strategic game because me getting that extra vote wasn't just like a fluke I didn't actually do any mini mini mo that was just a joke and then I was like this is Nash's equilibrium like this is calculated risk I don't think Danny's gonna go for it but I think Xander might and so and I was also like even if I do this and I lose my vote if I make the first vote unanimous it won't matter if I risk my vote for this because people won't know that I did and so I talked through that but they didn't show it, which is okay. Um, and so my portrayal was very like, oh, oh yeah, I'm just here to have fun. Like, I don't really know what's going on. Here's Shan, here's my extra vote. I don't need it. You know, that was my portrayal, which is okay. Cause like an aspect of it was true, right? Like I was the bro. I didn't always know what was going on, which was true. Um, and I wasn't playing like a super fan should play. And so I, I was like, okay, I'm cool with this. And at least they had some of my funny confessionals. I had a lot, which I was very grateful and honored for them to give me all those confessionals. I think I had the most confessionals in a premiere episode of Survivor ever. Like, I think Elizabeth Beisel is the only one who is like even close. I think I'm one ahead of her. And so I was like, that's awesome. Um, but watching it back was hard. Reliving mistakes was really hard. But I also was watching to see the other players because I love Survivor and watching Evie, amazing. Watching Xander, amazing. Watching Deshaun, amazing. Even watching the people who duped me, Ricard and Shan, watching them play, I was like, this is electric right now. So I was just like, this is Survivor. I love it. It's just weird that I was like, oh, I was on this season. <laughs> I wonder what I would do if I was there. So that's how I felt. Yeah. What surprised you the most watching it back, JD? About myself or what survived? I would what say, surprised me the most about like just everything? After you left, what surprised you the most about what you saw? Um, the post-merge gameplay was a bit odd to me because all the pre-mergers, I think, were in consensus about who the big threats were. Obviously, Shan and Ricard because they made it out of a decimated tribe. Only, only Stephanie and Malcolm and Denise have ever done that. They're the only people to have ever done that. Um, and so they were the two biggest threats, Shan and Ricard. But after that, the two biggest threats had to be Xander and Erica. Because let me tell you something crazy. 
in the post-merge when we did challenges, you know, you either have a skill challenge, like a sandbag throw or, or a ring toss, or you have a puzzle. Erica never lost a puzzle. Not once. She dominated every puzzle. Day one, she dominated that puzzle. Came from behind and beat Ua. Day, oh, not day one, day three. Um, day six, she did that turtle puzzle. Dominated. That wasn't the only one. She had a lot of puzzles. She never lost a single one. Xander, every skill challenge, Xander won. Every skill challenge, sandbag toss, ring toss, throwing the ball up there. That was actually Tiffany, but still. Like, Xander was slingshots. Xander was dominating skill challenges. So when I got voted out, I was like, when, if they hit the merge, those are the four biggest targets. It was like nobody wanted to go for them. I was like, this is crazy. Um, Deshaun was also playing a superb game as well. And so it, I just was confused on like the criteria for voting people out. Like I, I didn't really understand it. And I feel like I personally, if I would have just made it there, which is so frustrating, if I would have just made the merge, there were so many avenues that I could have gone. We could have done green and yellow versus blue. Me and Danny and Andrew talked about doing an all guys thing. There was a black alliance. I'm black, you know, like, I could have I could have been part of that. Um, we could have done the young people. There was so I was like, if I could have just made it there, I could have actually had some options to work with. And so it was just tough. Yeah. But yeah, that was the most confusing thing for me. I was like, why are people not going after Erica right now? Like you wanted her out pre-merge. Why are you not wanting her out post-merge? I didn't get it. But you know, I wasn't there. It's interesting uh, because you're the only castaway that I've talked to so far that has put Ooh. Xander and Erica as the biggest post-merge threat. So I want to ask you, JD, do you feel like Erica deserved to win season 41 and on the reverse was Xander robbed? Because that's all I see on Reddit. Okay, you have to, as a Survivor super fan, there is just not one textbook you have to do to win survivor me personally I'll, I'll be honest if i was sitting on the jury i would have voted for xander personally but deshaun and erica are very deserving of the title of soul survivor erica scraped she was on the bottom bottom of a winning tribe but on the bottom and she was it's almost like people are blind to see play like Erica like that's a very Victoria Bomonde style gameplay who I would have also voted for right she she was playing the game just in the shadows and she was playing hard she was winning challenges being the tiniest person out there she was dictating votes she was she would flip the target off of her really well and it was like she was always seen but not heard you knew Erica was here but I can't I can't hear what she's doing I know she's there, but I can't hear it. That's exactly how you need to play if you want to win. Xander played flashier, which I love. And he's the same age as me. And he would have been the first player younger than Survivor to win and the youngest player ever. I would have voted for that. Plus, holding an idol till five when people know you have an idol at the merge is insane. So I would have voted for him. Doesn't mean that other people aren't deserving to win. I could totally 100% see why people want Erica to win. 
I totally 100% see it. She was very deserving. So it's so great too, JD, as a super fan to hear you break down both reasons why both castaways are great. And, and all three were deserving of each yeah. for different reasons. And it is important to point out anyone could win survivor. Literally any of you on your cast could have won. So it yeah. is important that you say that like, you know, you don't have to have this flashy game. You can have a flashy game like Xander, or you can be under the radar like Erica and still win. Um, so yeah, I love that you said that. That's great. Yeah. Cause I think people want to pit them against each other and I, don't I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. All right. So what was your favorite memory that wasn't shown from your time in the game? Ooh, favorite memory? Mm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of a good one. Good one. I remember just owning that first travel council and they did not show it. I went back to camp and people were yelling at me, but my confessional, I was like, I did that. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause they show it like I was just willing to do whatever Shan wanted to do, right? But if Shan goes into that tribal council and wants Brad out, and I go into that tribal council and I don't want Brad out, and we leave and Brad's still in the game, who was really, who was really calling the shots at that first tribal council? And I remember getting up because I was sitting there, I'm next to Brad and Jeannie, and Ricard and Shan start whispering to each other because they have just decided that they want Sarah in and they want Brad out, right? And it shows you this, like Shan's like, Brad, Brad. Like she's looking at me like, Brad. And then Ricard comes around and he whispers in my ear, he's like, Brad. And I was like, no. And I said, Jeff, this is live. And I like pointed to Jeff and I went over and I was like, getting rid of Brad is a terrible idea. Of course, I said, what do you want? I'll do whatever you want. That's what you're supposed to say in the game of Survivor. But I was really like, I'm not getting rid of Brad. I'm not. And then there was even another plan where Brad's like, you want to do Ricard? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was so crazy. And I felt like people were really, that was the one time in the game that I felt people wanted, like, JD. Like, what does JD want to do? And so that was the one time where I just really felt like, oh, I'm, I'm doing okay in this game. I'm, I'm doing okay. And I saved Brad all for naught because then Brad wanted me out next. <laughs> so I, I don't know what happened, but, you know. It's so interesting the things that they choose to show and not show, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. So a lot of our viewers, JD, know that usually the first six or seven people that are voted out of Survivor go to Ponderosa, and then before the jury comes, they're whisked off to Australia for a pre-jury trip. Because of the yeah. way the world is, you guys didn't get a pre-jury trip. We didn't. So I want you to tell us all about Ponderosa for season 41. Who was your roommate at Ponderosa, JD? I had no roommate. <gasps> How'd yeah, you get I that think, set up? I think Ponderosa is, now. we're at a different place than usual, I, I believe. So you and didn't so have like, I just had my own little room. Yeah, I just had my own little room. Everybody did. Yeah, which, isn't that crazy? Oh, you were, crazy? you were balling out there at Ponderosa. I was, I was balling. I love it. What, what kind of activities did you guys do when you were at Ponderosa? A lot of the time we would just sit at the table where we would eat dinner and breakfast. Um, and we would just like play board games, bananagrams, which, Sarah destroyed us at, and Brad, who has a huge, who had, Brad is brilliant. 
like, I don't think people realize Brad has like got a really high IQ. That man knows so many words you would never be able to tell, but he's so good at bananagrams. I lost. At, at, I thought I had enough stacious vernacular. I do not. So like I would lose at bananagrams. Um, they played poker. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was depressed AF at Ponderosa. So I was sleep. I would just, I would just sleep a lot or I would go play basketball, you know, just like go shoot hoops. Um, so that was, that was like everything that I was doing, but we also played spoons, but we played extreme spoons where like, if you don't get a spoon, everybody gets to smack you with the spoon. And some of us would pull punches. Some of us would be very sweet, like Sarah. She would like, mm, give me a little tap. Not Jeannie. Jeannie would wind up and just, just go over like that. And um, by the way, Voce is a big baby when we play spoon because he will get be the last to get the spoon and then he won't want to hit like a big baby and he won't take them. But Jeannie, Jeannie's going to get her hit in whether you want to or not. So that was like a highlight. I just loved just playing spoons with them. That was like the best part. But um, everything else, I, I know I'm probably boring, but I was asleep. I don't think that's boring, JD. I think I would love if you could speak to that, you know, because after you get out of the game, all you want to do is go home and you can't until the game is over. So let's talk about the mental health aspect of getting sent to Ponderosa. What is that like? It sucks. I remember like before the game, we have little diaries that we write in, right? And they had sent us a question like answer this in your diary and it was how would you feel going home early or something and i i had written in my diary i was like because i was so cocky i was like i'm winning this game right like i'm not gonna lose um i was like if i go home early like i'll probably spend all of ponderosa crying and throwing up and like hating myself and that's how i felt but as soon as i had gotten voted out and I had gotten to Ponderosa, I remember going to my bathroom and just looking in my mirror and being like, it's okay, man. Like, you did it. Like, you went out there. I'm like, I thought I was going to be bawling my eyes out and, like, throwing up and being like, what is wrong with me? But I was really like, it's okay. Like, you, you may not have performed the way you wanted to, but, like, that doesn't make you any less of a person. You know what I mean? And so I was like, you still got stuff to look forward to. And so that's it. It was so hard, though. Because you're just left with the only person to talk to is yourself for a long time. And you're just left alone with your own thoughts, which a lot of times can be very dangerous, right? And so it was just, I was thinking about every moment. I was thinking about the extra boat in the pants. I was thinking about, you know, not jumping off the boat, which they didn't show. I think Ricard probably said something about it in his interview with Rob that I did not jump off the boat. I climbed down because I was just so nervous on day one. Um, that was a huge reason why I was targeted as well. And so I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about, you know, like, why didn't I try harder to use my extra vote with Jeannie? Why didn't I try harder to get Brad back on my side? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? And I was like, now I'm sitting here less than what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Less than who I wanted to be. And so it's just, it was so hard. But thankfully you have like angels out there. You got, I had Sarah. And Sarah would always just be like, are you okay? You want to go do something? Like, you want to do something? Like, I know how you feel. You want to do something? Um, and so when Jeannie got there, she was very sweet too as well. Um, and so, and Voce will walk you through the analytics of what you did wrong. You know, Voce will be like, well, why did you do this? 
like, you should have done this instead of that. And I'm like, you're right, but I don't need to hear that right now. You know, but I love Voce. He's so funny. People missed out on his personality. He's like Chandler from Friends. So like, that's his exact personality. Um, but yeah, they, everybody at Ponderosa was amazing. Brad and Abraham were two peas in a pod. They would just go watch old people movies. And I was like, this is so boring. Like, I remember going in there and I was like, this is awful. They were like, get out, get out. And that's like, people are boring. Um, but I, I think I spent most of my time with Sarah and Jeannie. Yeah. That's great. Sarah's a great friend. She's so sweet yeah. and so kind She's so and sweet. thoughtful. Yeah, I love that you you all had one another. I want to get into the nitty gritty. Who was hooking up at Ponderosa, JB? The nitty gritty? Who was hooking up? Ain't nobody was hooking up at Ponderosa. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'll be 100% truthful. I'll be truthful. I got out of the game and I was like, doggone it. Like all the hot girls who I wanted to flirt with. Let me tell you, numero uno with Sydney for me. I was like, people say that I was a dog for a sham. Like I was her dog. Like I was on a leash. Not true. But for Sydney, I probably would have been. Uh, I'll be honest. Yeah. That's honesty. Um, but I was like, oh, all the hot girls are still in the game. And Xander's going to get to flirt with all of them. And I'm not. Um, but I was like, oh, Sarah's there. But I had already known that Sarah was not vibing with me at all. Because that was a reason spoken of to Shan, uh, by Shan to me. Um, she was like, she was like, I think Sarah, Sarah said that she thinks you're smitten with her. That's what, and I was like, what? While so you were playing, was, while you were playing the game? That was during the game, yep. And it was me, Jeannie, and Brad, and Shan. And like, we were all in a little huddle, and we were like talking, and I was like, let's do Ricard. And Shan was like, no, let's do Sarah. She wants you out more than Ricard which is a lie. She was protecting Ricard, but Sarah wants you out more than Ricard. And I believed it. And I was like, what, why? I thought we were cool. And she was like, she thinks you're smitten with her. She was like, and she wants you out. And I was like, first of all, I was like, are you using the word smitten? Like, come on, like, this is, this is 2021, Chance. But I was like, this is awful. And so going to Ponderosa and I was like, the only girl there is Sarah, who's not feeling with me, but you know me. I was still going to spit game. <laughs> so I, I, I gave it a shot, you know, it didn't work out, but I gave it a shot, you know? Yeah. I think, I think Xander was just so beautiful that everybody on the show was just like, there are no other boys on the show except for Xander, really. So I was just like, well, that sucks. Cause I was told in, in interviews before playing the game that I was like so beautiful and I was like, stop it. And then, and then I saw Xander take off his mask and I was like, damn it, damn it. Oh, stop it, JD. You know you're a heartthrob. Maybe Survivor 41 heartthrob. Just the hair. It's just the hair. I promise. Just the hair. I saw some pictures of you guys on Abraham and Boche's Instagram at Ponderosa, and you guys have on these like hula skirts. Can you explain? Oh, yeah. What, what, let's play a game called The Story Behind the Photo. What is happening in that picture? Okay, so it's, that's actually really cool. So Indians who were there, um, who are at Ponderosa, who helped take care of us, they were amazing. Some of the sweetest, most respectful people that you will ever meet in your life. Like, they're, they're incredible people. Um, so I think it was either every night or every three nights, they would, like, do this little thing where they would run with a torch and they would light up all the torches in the in – the, um, at Ponderosa, they would light them all up. 
And so on the last day that we were there, they were like, they're like, hey, JD, JD, you do it. <laughs> and so we were like, oh, that's awesome. I was excited. Boche did not want to do it initially, but we made them. Um, Brad did it and so did Abraham. And we just, we lit the torches and that was super cool. Um, and then Ryan, he videotaped it because he does Ponderosa. And so, yeah, it was, that's the story behind the picture. I love that. There's also a photo of you with one of my favorite, I guess she's a producer, a handler. Her name is Alicia. And you guys uh, are yes. like sitting on the floor. What are you doing in that photo? I forgot what that's called. Um, dang. Is it when you're doing I'm the Bula so, so Vanaka? Yes, yes. And, and, and you're drinking the thing? Kava root? Yeah, the, the kava, yes, yes. Um, that's what we were doing at the time. And I was not gonna chicken out. Like I was gonna do as much kava as possible. Um, some people were big babies. Once again, shout out Voce, you big baby. Um, some people only did it like once or twice. I think Alicia did it twice, I think. I did it, I feel like I did it like eight or nine times and I was just like, Bula! you know, like I was, I was all in at that point. Um, so I was, that was really fun. See, this is jogging memory. We did like, we, we did karaoke. I did a whole new world from Aladdin. Cause I'm just, you know, I'm just, I just gotta like that. And then um, also we did this game where you bend over and you can't bend your knees and you have to take a bite of the box. You know what I'm talking about? You have to grab the box with your teeth and then rip it, rip the piece that you bit off. And then the box gets smaller and so it gets harder. And so I did pretty good. I think it was like me, Sarah, Mike, who is um, the Fijian bartender. Um, and I think that was, there's like two other people. I don't remember. Yeah. You know, I love these little Ponderosa stories. The last yeah. picture I want to ask you about is one of you, you guys are all on a plane and it looks like you're on this huge chartered plane and it's only you on the flight. Yeah. Is that so what that happened? was? Yep. It was just that was you on, on the way. flight. Yeah. I felt a little famous, you know, watched Frozen 2, which I was like, oh, dang, this is good. Also watched Joker, not in that order. I know that probably makes me sound like a psychopath, but I watched Frozen 2, which was the best part. Um, took a fat nap. We all like kind of separated a little bit, but like people wanted to get up and talk to each other every now and then, which we did. But yeah, it was just us. And the only thing that kept me from breaking down in tears at the fact that I was leaving Survivor early, knowing that there were still people playing the game, was Elsa and her conquering her fears, you know? So shout out to Elsa. Shout out to Elsa. She taught you how to let it go, JD. She did. She really did. She really did. What would you say is your biggest takeaway from this experience? Takeaway is that I'm definitely stronger than I initially thought. And also that it's okay to be insecure because I, I guess I can say I've been spoiled a little bit because um, I, I was bullied a lot growing up, right? From elementary to middle school, really. And then when I started to be more confident in myself, I, I became very popular in high school, like Mr. Mr. Congeniality, Mr. Talent, Mr. Spirit, you know, like I was Mr. Carl Albert. Um, and so I had not been insecure for a while. You know, I was even, I'm on the front page of the college I go to, like 
And when I had gotten back out there and people didn't want to work with me and it seemed as though people really didn't like me, it kind of brought me back to like, they weren't bullying me. Nobody was bullying me, but like it brought me back to like that insecure feeling that I had when I was bullied. And so I ended up overcompensating and like talking about myself more being like, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually amazing guys. Like I'm amazing. Like that was just like something that I hadn't done in so long. I didn't, I couldn't remember how to like react. And so I, that also played a part in how bad that I played. And then I just needed to grow from that, you know, to be not only a better survivor player, but to be a better person because it's okay to be insecure. You know what I mean? Like, it's really okay. Like Cochran is amazing. One of the best players who have, who's ever played in my opinion. And he, his whole game, he was saying like, I won this game because I was insecure. And so I just needed to learn that it's okay to be insecure. So that's, that's something I took away. Yeah. Thank you so much for being vulnerable with us, JD. I, I appreciate that. That's real. That's some real right there. Uh, what's next for you? Next, um, school, nursing school. I want to be a pediatric nurse. So I want to like work at children's hospitals and like, that's, that's my calling. That's what I, I have to do for the rest of my life. It's either that or like be a kindergarten teacher, you know? And so that, that's definitely what I want to do. Um, I would love to go back on Survivor. In fact, I have to write these wrongs. I want them to do Survivor Ghost Island, but with returning players. So I can rewrite my extra vote. So I can, and I can be out there with Lauren Ashley Beck, the fallen angel. You're probably coming back and putting in a good word for me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, I would love to go back on Survivor. At this point, after losing, I'd do anything for a check. So, so let me know. But uh, yeah, I love Survivor, would love to do it. But really just focusing on, on school and uh, trying to like, further this career that I want in the medical field, especially like working with kids. So you got it. Sky is the limit kid. Where can everyone keep up with you on social media? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram, jd.robinson. Um, also, if you want to add my snap, it's just jdrob777. I'm also on TikTok. I have not posted any TikToks. But one day, maybe, when I work up the courage to really put myself out there and get the followers like, like Lauren Ashley Beck, maybe one day. Hey, shout me out, Lauren. I got you. I'll tag you. I'll do at you. I'll do all of it. JD, you've been so fun to sit down and talk with. Thank you so much for taking the time and letting us know all about your Survivor 41 game. To everyone watching at home, thank you so much for tuning in as well. I'm Lauren Ashley Beck. This is Life After Borneo. Next week, we're taking a little break because I have something fun planned, but we'll be picking interviews back up with Abraham and Brad and Sarah the following week. I'll see you guys next time. Bye.